forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Um, this is Go Forward Crusade online edition. Online edition. Um, this is the first of its kind online. And uh, we thank God for the privilege to be able to do God's work online and be able to fellowship together online. Amen to Jesus. We, we want to especially welcome every one person who is participating in this online crusade. I want to let you know that you are in for a great time with the Lord. And I want to let you know that your life will never remain the same again. I want to let you know that your life is going to be transformed by virtue of this encounter you have this afternoon. Amen to Jesus. Amen. I want to appreciate your presence. I want to let you know that Jesus is glad to have you in this encounter. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah. Um, today I'm going to be handling a topic that has to do with the crusade, as it were. And the theme of the crusade is go forward. Amen. 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 And so I'm going to be talking on go forward. It's going to be a brief teaching. Amen to Jesus. Um, and I pray the Holy Ghost will help us to grab as much as we can grab in the course of this teaching. By the grace of God, these teachings are recorded. So if you listen to it today, you can... Go back to it again if you need it. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Go forward. Our anchor scripture is Exodus chapter 14, verse 1 to 15. Exodus chapter 14, verse 1 to 15. It's a long text. I will rush it up so we can go straight to what we have. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihahiro, between Migdol and the sea, over against Baal Zephon. Before it shall, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And I would have in Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was stoned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord had in the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the trail of Israel. And the trail of Israel went out with an high hand. But Egypt pursued after them all the horsemen and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahirot before Baal And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? 
speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now, this is a popular text that many of us must have um, read time and again in our lives, and um, we must have remembered the story. Maybe some of us from childhood, some of us as we grew up, we read this text. And this text happens to be very, very handy for us at this time of our life. And there's something I want you to understand some in this text. Look at verse 2 here. He says, God said, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the train of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, over against Baal Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will stay of the children of Israel. They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Now, the first thing I want us to understand here is this, is that God was the one who told them to encamp in the particular location where it looked like they were shuffling. And God also told Moses that the, that the Egyptians, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, we think that the children of Israel are entrapped. And as a result of that, they will come after them. So what does this make us understand? That God was in the know about everything. And God informed Moses about everything. And you get what I'm saying? Now, it makes us understand that there is no challenge that comes our way in life as children of God that God is ignorant of. There is no problem that comes to us that God is ignorant of. And there is no problem that comes that God does not reveal before it comes. The Bible speaking says, shall I do anything without first of all telling my my servants the prophets? Now, the year 2020 has played the same movie the Israelites watched when they stood locked in. Between the Sea of Reed, we, 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 are, we have always known it as the Red Sea. That's an English translation error. The actual name is the Sea of Reed. They were locked in between the Red Sea, the Sea of Reed. In front of them was the Sea of Reed. Behind them was Egyptians. Beside them were mountains. So they were locked in the middle of challenges. And we can see that this year, 2020, has played the same movie to us. While we're here trying to settle one, another one comes in. While you're trying to deal with coronavirus, you hear another one here, you hear another challenge here, another challenge here. In fact, the challenges have so pressed us that we have been locked up. A lot of us have been locked up in 2020. Some of us, I remember there was something somebody said, he said 2020, he will remove it from his age because the year never existed. And I believe that many of us might be in the same category. The challenges of 2020 has been so excruciating that has pressed us like, like, like we have never seen before. But let me let you understand something, that God allowed you to enter 2020. The same way God allowed the children of Israel to get locked in, he told Moses, tell them to encamp there. And he knew this was going to be the challenge. Same way he told them to encamp there is the same way he allowed you enter 2020. It's the same way he allowed me enter 2020. So it is no surprise to God. Are we together? It's no surprise to God. Now, according to the original Hebrew text, it's called the Midrash. When the people were faced with this dire situation, the Israelites became afraid. And that's the first response to challenges. The first response most human beings have to challenge is fear. In fact, the, the reason why challenges come our way is to impute fear into us. And so most of the times as human beings, our first response to challenges is fear. And I wouldn't say it is bad. I would say it is because you are human. And that was the first response that the children of Israel had to this challenge. 
Immediately, they were afraid. And the next thing was that they began to complain. But they did ask a question, Moses, why are we here? Did you know we're going to come here? Because God already told Moses that they were going to come there. And one of, most of the times when we face challenges, the first thing we do is to complain instead of us to talk to God. Because God knows you will be in that challenge. He allowed you to get into it. And if you allow you to get into it, it means that he knows the way out of it. Yes. But most of the times, our first response is fear. And the moment we get afraid, the next thing we do is to complain. That's our first vocal response, complain, instead of communicate with God. Now, the Midrash makes us understand that the Israelites became afraid. And the fear drove them towards recommending four modes of actions. And those four modes of actions would have been disastrous to them. Four modes of actions. What are the modes of actions? The leaders of Israel divided into four different groups or four different camps. And they argued with themselves profusely. Each of them brought out their four different school of thoughts, which proposed modes of actions. And these modes of actions are called the four faces of fear. They were encamped, they became afraid. They divided into four camps. The four camps had four different leaders, and these four different leaders brought about four different modes of actions. And these four modes of actions are called the four faces of fear. And whether we like it or not, at one given point in or time, given point in time in our lives, we must have taken one of these actions unknown to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of us might have even taken it unknown to us. Some of us might have even taken it known to us. Why? Because these four modes of actions are the four faces that fear portrays to us. What are these four modes of action? Number one, self-sabotage. Number two, fight. Number three, retreat and surrender. Number four, learn helplessness. I'm going to be talking about these four faces of fear briefly, amen, and then we'll deal with them and get solutions to them. Um, for time's sake, I'll not be able to expand on them in totality. I'll just talk on them briefly, amen, to Jesus. What is self-sabotage? Now, one of the elders of the people called on them to commit suicide. Commit suicide. He claimed that it's better to die by our own hands than to be murdered by our former masters. It will be one last statement of freedom to us and self-control to prove that we are no longer slaves. So one of the master, one of the leaders came out and said, hey, everybody, bring your knife, put it at your throat and slit your throat. Let's all die. Let's kill ourselves. Let's commit suicide. At least we'll show that we are brave. That our former masters did not come and kill us. We killed ourselves. That's a sign of bravery. And that is what you call suicidal thoughts and suicidal actions. Now, most of the time, when people get into coerced situations, compressing situations in life, they discover that the final step they take is to act what they call bravery by taking their life. I heard, we heard the story of how when the, 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 the media publicized the coronavirus thing so badly in the U.S. They, they made it so devastating and a couple, a husband and wife entered into their house and committed suicide. Because they said, if this thing is going to kill us, why don't we kill ourselves before it kills us? So self-sabotage was the first face of fear and it was the first action step that the first leader proposed. 
The second one was fight. The spokesman for the other group shouted in anger, free men must fight for their freedom. Now is the time to arise and do battle with the Egyptians. No matter how poorly armed we are, or how inevitable the outcome of this battle must be, let us fight back. Now that also sounded like another kind of bravery. It also sounded like strength. Come on, let us fight. We don't have weapons. When they left Egypt, they didn't leave with weapons. They left with gold and silver. And they were not trained men of war. Praise God. That's why the Bible says that he, he took them through a longer journey. God took them through a longer journey. He didn't allow them to pass through the land of the Philistines because they were not trained for war. If you had allowed them to pass through a shorter, shorter route, which was the land of the Philistines, for fear of war, they should have run away. So they were not prepared for war. And people that were not prepared for war, somebody just rises up and says, let us fight. And that's another approach that most of us have when we are faced with challenge. The next thing we think of is fight. And actually when you fight, you don't just fight. The Bible says, with good understanding, make thy war. That means for you to fight a war, you must have good understanding of the war. You must be well equipped for the war before you go into the war. If you are not prepared and you are not strategically in position for a war, you don't go into a war. So if they said, let us fight, who will they kill? The people coming against them were all with swords and, 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 and armors and everything you could think of. And there they were with some pen knives and some holes and some maybe whatsoever. They will kill them like chickens. That was the second face of fear. And some, some of the times when we are faced with fear, the next thing you do is to react. You made me angry, I react. And I've, I've, I've learned something over the years in my life that anger is a proof of fear. You are afraid of something, that's why you are angry. But if you are not afraid of anything, you don't get angry. Are we together? The next one is retreat and surrender. Another leader shouted and said, the moment of freedom is gone. Let us prostrate ourselves before Pharaoh again and return to Egypt as slaves. This is all we have ever been. And this is what we will remain. We can never be free men. So the, 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 third, the, third, the third face of fear is what? Retreat and surrender. Like some people say, if you cannot beat them, you join them. That is called retreat and surrender. So let's just be their slaves. Let's just be their slaves. We can't, we, we, there's not, we, after all, we were slaves before. We can never be free men. The way this thing is going, we can never be free men. So let's just continue being slaves. And that is another face that fear puts to us. Some of us, in the course of this year, we have surrendered to things we are not meant to surrender to. Are we together? We have surrendered to situations we are not meant to surrender to. We thought, after all, what's there? Just surrender to it and that's all. That's all. There's no big deal. After all, we still have our life. So we can still eat the garlic and the onions and the cucumber in Egypt. We can still, at least, as long as there's life, there is hope. <laughs> but that is also a face of fear. Are we together? And then the fourth face is learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. Um, the psychologists define learned helplessness as the urge to rely on others. You don't want to take any decision. 
You don't want to take any step. You don't want to take any action. You are relying on others to take the action for you. That's learned helplessness. And how did this play out? A final voice shouted, we did not free ourselves from slavery. We have never been in control of our lives. Our path is to remain motionless, close our eyes, and pray to God. So there's nothing we can do. All we do is pray. If God delivers us, fine. If he doesn't deliver us, fine. And some of the time you discover that many praying Christians, let me use the word, many prayer warriors, they have over time positioned themselves into learned helplessness. They pray so much and they act nothing. And that is learned helplessness. Um, uh, uh, Kenneth Higgins told the story of a particular church where he went to preach. And the pastor called him and said, please help us talk to a particular brother in our church. And I said, what's the problem with brother? He said, this brother, he refused to go out to seek for job. The wife is the one who, does, who goes to search for opportunities. She, 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 she looks for where to wash clothes, where to do nanny. She's not educated, so she has to do menial jobs to fend for the family. He said, the pastor said, even we got, it got to a point where, as a church, we organized for him to get a job. But the man says he's acting by faith. So he sits down at home and says he will never go for an interview. The job must come and meet him at home. And Kenneth was like, what madness is this? He couldn't even understand the psychiatric case he was dealing with. And many Christians have, unknown to them, taken this face of fear as their reality. Learned helplessness. All through this year, in one way or the other, individuals might have taken one of these faces of fear. And unknown to them, they are leaving it out in their life. As an individual, check your life. Which of these faces of fear have you put on your face? Because the moment you accept that face of fear, it becomes your identity. Once you accept it, it becomes your identity and people, people begin to know you for that face of fear. But when these four camps broke out in the Israel, among the Israelites, Moses was not perturbed. Why? The first thing was because God had told him what was going to happen. Are you know something? And the next thing was that the God who spoke to him, he had to speak to that same God. Not the people. And so, Moses' reply makes us understand that he knew the main source of their confusion. And he addressed it as a first thing. He knew what the source of their confusion. Most of the time, see, I've always believed something in life that I meant to address the root of a problem, not the stems of the problem. One of the problems most of us have in life is that we, we are good at addressing stems and not good at addressing roots. Moses knew the roots. And the root was what? Fear. And he addressed fear. And see the way he, he, he replied there. Number one, fear not. Number two, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Number three, the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more and forever. Number four, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The word peace there in your original Hebrew means you shall be silent. The first statement Moses made was fear not. 
Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Why? Because he knows that the fear was the major challenge that he had. And I want to help you understand something, that the devil's greatest arrow is the arrow called fear. Is the arrow called what? Fear. That is his greatest arrow. That's the arrow he shoots at everybody and expects everybody who receives that arrow to fall for it. Fear is the cause and source of every confusion, every broken focus, every stagnation, every inaction, every irrational decision and action, and every movement in the wrong direction and spontaneous action. So you see people all of a sudden, their focus is broken, they are confused, they are stagnant, they are inactive, they make irrational de decisions and take irrational actions, they move in the wrong direction and they make spontaneous actions. When you see such things happen, the source of such things is simply fear. It's fear. Once fear gets into the scene, these are the end results. And do you know why this is the case? This is so because fear over-exaggerates the issue. That's what fear does. It over-exaggerates the issue. It amplifies the problem. It escalates the challenge. And it makes a mountain out of an anthill. That's what fear does. It makes it look like it's so big. But the truth about it is that it's nothing. And the devil never changes his strategy. He uses the same strategy of fear. Now let me help you understand something. That in every system, the strategy of fear is always used. In every system. Instill fear on the people and you can control them. And that strategy is simply used by the devil. So the devil makes people afraid and then he can take good advantage of them. But if you look at something here, when Moses wanted to address the problem, he didn't start by praying. I hear what I'm saying. He didn't start by giving them a motivational talk. He didn't start by, by, by doing a deliverance service for them. He didn't even start by shouting on them or telling them, oh, you of little faith. No, he didn't do that. He did the most important thing. He addressed fear. Fear not. Fear not. And in this season of your life, you must address fear. Because let me let you understand something. If the devil can get you afraid, he has gotten you to time. In fact, you know that the, 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 the Greek word for fear is the, the, the word uh, um, is the word phobo. And that's where the, that's the root word for phobia. That's the root word for phobia. And what does fear actually mean? Fear actually means, in the Greek, it means to put to flight by terrifying. In other words, it means to make somebody run to, by terrifying the person, to put to flight by, terif by terrifying. So fear means what? To make people run. And that's why the first acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, the first acronym for fear, F-E-A-R is what? Forget everything and run. Because fear always wants to make you run. It either it makes you run away from life by committing suicide, 
Or it makes you run away from your freedom by surrendering and retreating. Or it makes you run away from the challenge itself by trying to fight instead of strategically handling it. So there are different approaches it uses to make us run. But running away from your fear cannot solve the problem. And running away does not mean that the problem no longer exists. And you know what I'm saying? If one of the reasons why people go take alcohol and take um, drugs is that they want to run away from their fear. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, it says, Lambert, uh, Lambert's mother was talking to Lambert. He said, do not take drink, my, do not take strong drink, my son. He said, for strong drink is given to those who want to forget their sorrow. So it makes them shut out that there is a challenge actually going on. For that moment, they shut out for the challenge. And it looks like the challenge is no longer existing. But the moment the, the, the influence on them wears out, the challenge comes real to them. Are you getting what I'm saying? People who go into drugs, the same thing. They are trying to run away from their fears. And let me tell you something. Running away from fear does not mean that the fear is not there. And that does not solve the problem either. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you know why? That's the reason why God allowed the children of Israel to go into that trap. Are you getting me? In front of them, the, the sea of reeds. Behind them, the Egyptians coming. By the side of them, the rocks, the mountains. So if they turn left, they cannot run. If they turn right, they cannot run. Turn behind, they run into the enemy. Turn in front, the sea of reeds is there, they drown. So they have to face their fears. And I'd like you to understand something today. This year is coming to an end. You can't keep running away from your fears. You've run away from your fears since January. You can't keep running away at this time. It's time to face your fears. And some of you have been praying, God, remove this problem from me. But I have good news for you. Just the same way God told Moses to tell the children of Israel to encamp in that dead end. It's the same way God allowed you to get into that challenge. And the reason why many get to that challenge, so you have no place to run to, but to run to him. <laughs> Praise God. The only way out is to face fear and overcome it. And this was what God made the Israelites do by telling Moses to tell them to go forward. That's the only way out of fear. Face it, overcome it. And how do you face fear and overcome fear? Go forward. Look at verse 15. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore cried thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Now, in front of them, what does forward mean? Forward means go into the sea of reeds. In other words, go and drown. And how can you tell me to go and drown? But why we God give such an instruction? Why we God put them in a, in, a, in, a, in a dead end and then give an instruction for them to go forward? Why? Why? And why we God tell them, go forward? Some of you have been asking questions this year. This year, 2020, in fact, I've not seen a year like this before. In fact, I don't understand this year. This year is something else. This year is terrible. This year, you've given so many descriptions for the year 2020. So many descriptions. And believe you me, your descriptions are not wrong. They're actually not wrong. But the problem is not your description. The problem is your fear. And if you can face your fear, 
you understand that everything you have seen and everything you have described about 2020 is a false evidence that appears real. That's another acronym for fear. I told you the first acronym for fear is what? Forget everything and run. And that's gotten from pho pho phobia. To put to flight. But another acronym for fear is what? False evidence appearing real. Everything you see in 2020 is actually a false evidence. Every negative thing you have seen in 2020 is actually a false evidence that is trying to appear real. They are not real. And that's why God has said what? God told you to what? Go forward. And let me help you understand something. That before the turn of Israel, the, Red, the Sea of Reeds was a drowning zone. But before God, it was a mirage. So why did God tell the children of, tell Moses to tell the children of Israel to go forward? Why did he tell them to go forward? He told them to go forward for these reasons. First, he was indirectly asking them a question and indirectly what? Telling them an information. And this was what he was telling them. Before you left Egypt, where did I tell you I was taking you to? And the reply was the promised land. Oh, beautiful. And then the next question God asks is, is the promised land behind you, by your sides, or ahead of you? And the reply was, ahead of us. All right. And then God asks again, are you presently at the promised land? And the reply was, we are not yet at the promised land. And he said, if you are not yet at the promised land, and you said it's ahead of you, then the only solution is to do what? Go forward. How does this apply to us in 2020? How does this apply to us in this year that has been filled with so much drama? It has been a dramaful year. How does it apply to us? God is asking you a question. Before you left 2019, what did I tell you I would do for you in 2020? Before you left 2019, I believe most of us had crossover services. Most of us had words from God in 2019. Most of us had beautiful words from God in 2019. And in fact, many of us were entering into 2020 with great enthusiasm, with great joy and expectation. Oh, 2020 is going to be a glorious year. 2020 is going to be a this, a that, a this, a that. Our minds were full with so much words from God. And God is asking us again, before you entered into 2020, in 2019, what did I tell you would have to do for you in 2020? And next question God is asking you is, have all of them been done? Have I done all of them? And if your answer is no, then God says, go forward. Keep pressing. Keep what? Pressing. Keep pressing. You may say, oh, but the, the, the sea of reeds is before me. If I go forward, I will drown. But the solution to your problem is not backward. Neither is the solution to your problem by your sides. You are locked in, and the only way out is forward. And if you keep looking at your fears, your fears will keep amplifying themselves before you. And that's the reason why the only way forward is forward. And when God told them go forward, he told them go forward not because they knew how to swim through the ocean. He told them go forward because he had a plan for the ocean. 
Let me let you understand something. When God tells you go forward, he tells you go forward not based on your capability or your capacity. He tells you go forward based on his ability. When God gives you an instruction, he doesn't give you an instruction based on what you can do. He gives you an instruction based on what he is able to do. That's how the Bible says, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to his power that worketh in us. God does not give instruction on the grounds of our capability. He gives instruction on the grounds of his capacity. So stop looking at your capacity to obey God. 2020 was not based on you. It will not be based on you. And it is only based on God. So if you have not seen the promises of God manifest in your life yet, that is why you have your, 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 your one month left. This one month is too much for God to fulfill his promise. Amen. Now, how do we go forward? How do we go forward? We go forward by facing and casting out our fears. We go forward by doing what? Facing our fears and casting them out. You don't, you don't run away from your fears. You don't take a flight. You face it and you cast it. Now, let me let you understand something. That every arsenal of the devil against you is to make you take a flight. Every intimidation of the devil against you is to make you run. Either you run away from life by committing suicide, or you run away from your battle by submitting to, your, to the devil, or you run by taking an option that is not meant to be yours. And that's the reason why the devil is pumping all the fears around you. Pumping all the fears around you. And he wants to bamboozle your mind and confuse you with things that are not real. He wants you to take a flight. By the grace of God, we understand what it means to be, to be pressed on all sides. Since we came into this land, the devil has pushed everything against us just to make us take our bags and leave. But you know what? I didn't come here. God sent me. And it's not based on my capacity. It's based on his capacity. And I've got the good news for you this moment. 2020 is not based on your capacity. It's based on God's capacity. Amen. The promises of God cannot be fulfilled by your intuition or your intellect. They're only fulfilled by God himself. So if God is to fulfill it, why should you be afraid of the devil? Now let me let you understand something. When God was speaking to you in 2019, the devil was not in the, in the meeting. And if he was not in the meeting, he has no right to decide the end of the meeting. That's what the Bible says. Who is it that seeth it in and it cometh to pass when the Lord has not commanded it to be? How do we go forward? We go forward by facing our fears and casting them out. And let me help you understand something. You see, when, when Moses wanted to speak to the children of Israel, he didn't tell them, all oh, ye faithless generation. He didn't tell them, all oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because most of the times, when we ask people, what is the opposite of fear? The next thing we say is what? Faith. But let me let you understand something. Faith is not the opposite of fear. Because only the opposite can cast out the opposite. Let me give you a little understanding. The Bible says the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness com comprehended it not. When you put on light in, an, in, in a room, what happens? The light casts out the darkness. Faith cannot cast out fear. And so most of us, when we are faced with fear, we know what we start doing. We start trying to look for faith or start trying to build faith, and that's where our challenge comes in. Because faith cannot cast out fear. 
When you are faced with fear, you have to face fear and cast it out. And what casts out fear? First John chapter 4, verse 18 tells us what casts out fear. He says, There is no fear in law, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in law. He says what? Perfect love casteth out fear. Child of God, faith does not cast out fear. It is perfect love that casteth out fear. So how do we cast out our fears? We cast out our fears by focusing on God's love for us. This love is what God called perfect love. When surrounded with challenges and threatened by fear, do not try to build faith at that point in time. That's the wrong time to build faith. That's a very wrong time to build faith. In fact, don't even try to act in faith. Because let me help you understand something. The people who said, let us fight. In another sense, they were acting in faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? The ones who said, let us kill ourselves, they were not acting in faith. The ones who said, let us surrender, they were not acting in faith. The ones who said, let us fight, they were, in, in another sense, they were acting in faith. The ones who said, let us pray to God, in another sense, they were acting in faith. But those two actions, at that point in time, before God, they were not faith. So when you are faced with challenges, your intuition to act in faith always makes you go in error. Are you understand what I'm saying? When faced with challenges, you don't try to act in faith. When faced with challenges, what do you do? You focus on God's love. Focus on God's love for you. As you focus on God's love for you, faith will erupt on the inside of you. Faith will erupt in your spirit man. Now, the problem the Israelites had was that they easily forgot God's love for them. And that made them fear every time they were faced with challenges. When you focus on the love of God, it's the love of God that bets faith out. It's the love of God that wells faith out from your spirit man. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's what wells faith out from your spirit man. But if you are trying to get faith when you are encompassed with challenges, you will never get it. Now, let me help you understand something. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. What does that mean? It means faith comes and it goes. Faith does not stay. Are you know something? Faith does not stay. The moment you hear the word of God, faith comes into your spirit. Once you stop hearing the word of God, faith leaves your spirit. Are you getting me? Yeah. That's the reason why when you are faced with a challenge and you are trying to generate faith at that time, Faith is not there because it has not come. But for faith to come into your spirit when faced with a challenge, what do you need to do? You have to focus on the perfect love of God. As you focus on the perfect love of God, at that moment, the Holy Spirit will prompt a word in your spirit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He bests a word in your spirit and then faith rushes out of your spirit, man. Now, I can't tell you time and again how these things have worked for me. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you what has worked for me as as a Christian and as a minister of the gospel, this thing works and it works very well. When we focus on the love of God and the faithfulness of God towards us, faith is better. When you focus on the things that he has done for you and you praise him for those things, boom, faith comes alive. Hallelujah. And boom, fear is cast away. The moment your focus shifts from the challenge to the faithfulness of God, 
The moment your focus shifts from the challenge to the love of God, you know what happens at that moment? Faith comes along. There was a book I read. It's a very small pamphlet. Very small. If you can get it, go get it. Very small pamphlet. The title of the book is From Prison to Praise. This minister of the gospel was a very unique minister of the gospel. If I, when I read the book many years ago, I was after reading the book, I was a little annoyed because for me, the book was not practical. When people come to meeting with their problems, and I mean problems, serious problems, problems that looks like there is no solution, it's the person is choked to the neck. And when they finish complaining to him, you know what he tells them? Let us praise God. <laughs> Let us praise God. Let's just praise God. Let's just love him. And the moment they start praising God, the moment they start loving God, what happens? Solution comes. Why does it operate like that? Because perfect love casts out fear. Child of God, 2020 has been, has been surrounded with fears. Many of us have been in the same situation the children of Israel were in, locked up with fears. But I have a word for you this afternoon. Focus on the love of God. See, 2020 is not yet over. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And let me let you understand, it will not get over until you win. 2020 will not get over until the promises of God for your life come to pass. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And the only way you can get that to happen is to remove your focus on the happenings in 2020 and put your focus on the love of God. That is called a perfect love. It's time to think of what God brought you through. No, there were times when you looked at yourself in the beginning, of, at the middle point of 2020, when there was a lockdown and there was a, there was a time where there was no food on the table. You didn't know where to get the next meal from. Everything was like messed up and, and everything was like tight and, you know, rigid. And sometimes you didn't even know how you would see the next day. But somehow and some way, God pulled you through it and you came out of it. There were times when it looked like you were not going to be able to do the next task you were meant to do. But God brought you out of it. Child of God, focus on the love of God. I don't know what 2020 has been like for you, but I have a word from God to you, and the word from God to you is that his love never fails. It's called the perfect love. Focus on his love. Stop focusing on the problem. Some of you might be saying, ah, this year has ended, and nothing to show. But that's a lie from the devil. That's another deception from the pit of hell. The year has not yet ended. There is still something to show for 2020. God's promise to you is still suspending in the atmosphere. All you need to do is to pull it down by focusing on his love. As I end my teaching this afternoon, I want to let you understand something. That the only way, the only way, the only way forward is forward. And the only way forward is focus on God's love. Remove your minds from all that is happening. Yeah, you may say, Pastor, this thing is difficult to do. Yes, it's difficult to do, but it's, you can do it. Are you understand what I'm saying? You can do it. You see, I used to be somebody who cannot remove my mind from things happening around me before. But nobody taught me how to do it. I, the Holy Spirit trained me to do it. You know what? I discovered that when I think of so many negative happenings, it comes to me in my dream world. And I said, no, it's enough. I don't want you to visit me in my dream. So what do I do? I shut out my mind from negative happenings. And I do all I can to focus on God's love. Let me tell you something. So long as you are still here, you are still breathing. The sea of reeds 
is a mirage. The God who brought you to the sea of reeds is able to pop it for you. I don't know what is that challenge that has seemed unsurmountable for you in 2020, but I have a word from God to you. Don't focus on it any longer. Focus on the love of God. And I tell you something, the moment you do that, faith will come alive in you. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. For everybody who listens this afternoon and you are there and you say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. There's been a challenge that has held on for so long. And I have done everything to surmount this challenge, but it is not working. I want, I want you to pray with me for this challenge to be surmounted. Now, do you know what I'm going to pray for you? I'm not going to pray for the challenge to be surmounted. I'm going to pray for the grace to focus on the love of God. Are you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'm going to pray for you. For the grace to focus on the love of God. That's what I'm going to pray for you. Because the reason why the challenge still looks big to you is because you have been focusing on it. I'm going to pray for you for the grace to remove your focus from that challenge and put it on the love of God. Think of what he has done for you. Think of how far he has brought you. Think of how far he has helped you. Think of how, how far he has kept you. It's not because you are intelligent enough. It's not because you have the resources enough. It's because his love has been showered on you. So this afternoon, I'm going to be praying for every one person who wants that prayer. Lord, help me focus on your love for me. In fact, I'm not just praying it for you. We are going to pray together. Because at one given point in time or the other, some of us shift our focus from the love of God to the challenges. And that bets fear. But this afternoon, you are going to pray. And you're going to say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me to focus on your love. I receive grace to focus on your love. Not to focus on challenges again, but to focus on your love. Can I hear you pray this afternoon? Talk to God this afternoon. Talk to God this afternoon. Brandy Grace to focus on your love, Lord. Grace to focus on your love and your love alone. Listen to Brother Lasha. Not to focus on the challenges. Not to focus on the happenings around me. Not to focus on the fears. Not to give myself an identity called fear. But to focus on your love. Somebody is praying this afternoon. This is your ticket to see the promise of God manifest in your life. This is your ticket to see your breakthrough this year are you praying talk to god is up to lord i receive grace i receive grace to focus on your love I receive grace to focus on your love. No more focusing on the challenges. From January to November, I was focusing on challenges. I shift my focus from challenges to your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, Father. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Amen. Lord, we pray this moment. 
and we ask you for the grace to remove our focus from the challenges and put our focus on your love. To be able to count your faithfulness at this point in time. To be able to think of all the good things you have done for us and to count them instead of counting our challenges. We receive that grace this moment. Amen. And as that grace falls on us, faith is better in our spirit man. Amen. As that grace falls on us, we get, we get the solutions to the challenges that face us. Amen. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. You. Blessed be your name forever in the name of Jesus. Now, if you are listening, if you've listened to me and you've not made Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, and that's the first step to take. If you've not taken that step, everything I've said will not work for you. If you're there and you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, please say this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. But today, I come to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Today, I denounce the devil and choose never to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every one person who has made this prayer to you, who has surrendered to you and received your lordship. Lord, I ask for the grace to follow you all the days of your life. Let it be given to them. Thank you for their lives are sealed in you and hidden in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, pray one last prayer for every one person who needs a healing in their body, or need a miracle in their life. If you fall into that category, I'll be praying for you right away. As I pray for you, if you are sick, if you can stand in for somebody, you can stand in for somebody. And when the moment I finish praying, call the person. The miracle working power of God is going to be going through the airways and healing and delivering everyone who believes in this prayer and believes in the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for every one person who is sick, under the sound of my voice, I ask for your healing power to rest upon them. I ask that you heal them of their infirmity. I cause glaucoma in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I cause every white blood cell disease and every red blood cell disease in the name of Jesus. Amen. I cause the weakness in the limbs and the bones in the name of Jesus. Amen. I cause the weakness in the in the trachea and in the lungs in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's somebody I, I see an I, I see an infirmity in your lungs. There's there, there's an infirmity in your lungs. It, it looks like swellings around the lungs, and the, it has defied every doctor's knowledge. Today I send the healing power of Jesus to heal that lung. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I decree by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. In the name of Jesus. I pray for that person who is expressing a serious financial challenge. And you have done everything to get out of it and you are not getting out of it. I decree in the name of Jesus that that challenge comes to an end now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I cross the devil behind that challenge. And I decree your finances begin to prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for every situation that has made you lose your faith. And has made you stay in fear. I cause such situations in the name of Jesus. And I decree that by the hand of the Almighty, you are moved to your promised land. Every promise that God has given you this year, before the end of this year, they manifest. I decree so in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen, amen. God bless you. I believe you were blessed. And I believe that your life was transformed. 
This teaching is what you have to implement. Don't just listen to it and drop it. Implement it. Focus on the love of God for you. Make sure that nothing makes you focus on what the devil is doing. Just focus on the love of God for you. Amen to Jesus. Tomorrow, Wednesday, same time, 2 p.m., we'll be here. The password and the uh, meeting ID remain the same. If you were blessed, talk to somebody. Make sure somebody gets into the meeting. Tomorrow is going to be another wonderful time of teaching, and there's going to be miracle signs and wonders by the help of the Holy Spirit. Please make sure you are here by 2 p.m., and get as much as you, as much people as you can to join this meeting because this is something that God has put in place for us to be able to get into our promised land in 2020. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Um, some informations we pass are being passed across to you. You can go through them and um, you will be blessed as you do as is told you. I trust God that before the end of this crusade you will have your own miracle. Amen. In fact, before the end of this crusade, you will testify. Amen. For somebody, by tomorrow morning, you will have a miracle. Amen. But for somebody, as you go to bed tonight, something will happen to you that will change your life forever. Amen. And I trust God for testimonies. Amen. Please, the testimony channels are available. If Once you receive your testimony, do not fail to communicate them across to us. Because every testimony told is the devil defeated. God bless you. And I pray that the blessings of God rest upon you. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord do gracious unto you. The Lord give you peace. Be blessed. Be blessed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.